the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you a psychopath? Chances are pretty good that you are. Actually, you definitely are if you uh, are a white person. That's according to a professor and a psychiatrist at Yale. And she now has, because of that, something else to add to her resume. And now, it's time for The Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. Yeah, we're talking about Dr. Aruna Kilnani. And here she is talking to Lamont Hill, who, by the way, could have won the award just for asking her the question. Would it be fair to say, based on your expertise, that white people are psychopathic? I think I I think so. Yeah, I mean I think that there's many lies that and I had didn't get to that part cuz this what I delivered was only um part of a first series of talks, but the way the level of lying that white people do that has started since col- colonialism, we're just used to it. Hmm. Such what as every time you sure, every time that you um you you steal a country, you loot, you say you've discovered something. I mean, this is this le- this level of lies actually part of history. We don't say that we killed all these people, we got rid of all the Native Americans. We say we discovered America. You don't talk about the level of death. You don't talk about the level of what actually occurred. You wipe the, the slate clean, you sanitize the violence, and you actually got lost along the way. You're trying to go to India. And then you say you discovered something. And this level of, of discovery is everywhere. You've discovered vegetarianism. You know, you've discovered, you've discovered yoga. You've discovered everything is a discovery, and it's all actually stolen. Yeah, sure it is. And if that's not enough, in the same speech, she said, uh, she said there are no good apples out there, and white people make my blood boil. That's what she said. Well, maybe being named the Windows R Us Jerk of the Week will cool Dr. Klanani's blood for a little while. The Jerk of the Week is brought to you by Windows R Us, Pittsburgh's premier exterior replacement company. Expert repair and replacement for windows, roofs, siding, doors, gutters, and downspouts. Why pay double? Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Sunday is Father's Day, or maybe it's Impregnating Persons Day. Um, When we come back, we'll talk about how fathers are being dismissed by lots of uh, supposedly smart people on college campuses. And in our second half hour, we're going to talk about a related subject, the increase in effeminacy among men. Stick around. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. That offers valid through 63021. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrustpittsburgh.com. That's windowsrustpittsburgh.com. 
Are you dealing with personal or business tax issues with the IRS? Does the thought of wage garnishments, bank levies, tax penalties, or having to engage with the IRS worry you? Owing taxes to the IRS or state can be stressful, and ignoring them can make your situation worse. At Federal Tax Law Group, we help individuals and businesses reduce debts and negotiate with the IRS Fresh Start Program. Our assistance can save you from drowning in taxes and may even keep you free of prosecution. With over two decades of experience, our tax professionals understand your needs and will customize a tax solution that's in your best interest. Call Federal Tax Law Group at 800-500-9172 for a free consultation to discuss resolving your tax problem. That's 800-500-9172. Again, 800-500-9172 or visit us online at federaltaxlawgroup.com By now you've all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's literally changed my life. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want and they maintain their shape. They're made in the USA and for a limited time Mike is offering his premium my pillows for his lowest price ever. You can get a queen size premium my pillow for 29.98 that's regularly $69.98. That's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. All my pillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to mypillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code STAG. You will also get deep discounts on all my pillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the my pillow mattress topper, and my pillow towel sets. Or call 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG. 800-716-8087, promo code STAG. Sounds and pounds of fur. Our hairballs have hairballs. Our cat mama, she's 10 years old. She has dandruff and an oily coat. I have two cats, Zippy and Daisy. Daisy sheds like crazy. If you love your pets as much as I do, you'll want to do what's best for them, to live long, healthy, happy lives. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. I just tried this wonderful, catalicious Dynavite for cats, and my cat has been on it for two weeks. She is not scratching anymore. She's not chewing anymore. It is just the best. I was thrilled when I heard Dynavite for cats was coming out because I'd seen the changes in my dog. To introduce my cat to Dynavite, I took the advice from Dynavite and put their food on top of just a scoop in the bowl just to get them used to it because I know if I even switch one little thing, they put their nose up to it. There was not one problem. Dynavite for life. You won't believe how happy your cat will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Sunday is Father's Day, and if mothers are actually birthing people, which uh, is what it says they are in uh, Joe Biden's actual budget, maybe Sunday should be impregnating people's day. Or maybe we should just be glad that fathers are still considered important enough to even have a day. There are lots of people on the left who would like you to believe that fathers aren't all that important anymore. Brad Wilcox is a senior writer at the Institute for Family Studies. He's a sociology professor at the University of Virginia, and he joins us now. Brad, thanks for being here. It's great to be here, John. So um, is there a movement afoot among liberals to diminish the importance of fathers? And if so, is it something new? You know, what I'm seeing, John, in places like Harvard University and uh, outlets like um, and the Huffington Post is that more and more, you know, scholars are trying to advance the idea that, you know, kids don't necessarily need a two-parent family to flourish, you know, that all families are equally valuable. Um, and, you know, so this is kind of the, in line with this new narrative that we want to kind of celebrate family diversity and minimize the importance of marriage and the two-parent family in kids' lives. And uh, in your piece at USA Today today, you, you called out an article in the Harvard Gazette. What did that uh, ar- uh, article claim? Who wrote it? And what did you have a problem with? So a sociologist named Christina Cross wrote an article both in the New York Times and for the Harvard Gazette. And in both of those two articles, uh, you know, she did acknowledge that African-American kids um, in some outcomes were more likely to do better with two parents rather than one parent. But she wanted to kind of advance the argument that the two-parent family is less valuable for black kids than it is for white kids. 
Um, and the problem with that argument is that it's true. Well, it is true on, on some outcomes, the, the educational outcomes that she looked at. It's not true on other important outcomes. We looked at, for instance, poverty and prison, you know, a kid's risk of incarceration by the time they reach their late 20s. And we find for both white and black kids um, that being a single parent family, you know, dramatically increases your odds of growing up in poverty and of ending up incarcerated at some point, you know, by the time you hit your late 20s. So, you know, her kind of perspective was not acknowledging all the ways in which two parent families matter about the same for black and white kids uh, in America. Yeah, and um, the, the statistics, uh, it seems to me, I mean, uh, th- these stats about the benefits of a two-parent home don't seem John, new, new to are me. pretty dramatic. Uh, John, what we see is that basically kids who are being raised in single-parent families are about three times more likely to be poor they are about twice as likely to end up spending some time in prison or in jail. Um, and they're about half as likely to graduate from college you know, if they're raised in a single-parent family or an unintact family compared to um, you know, an intact uh, family, usually with their, their mom and dad. So you know, it's important for us to acknowledge that even kind of today, uh, there's a real premium when it comes to our kids' lives for having the benefit of being raised by, you know, their own two parents. Well, how, how have those numbers changed, though, uh, over the years? I mean, uh, is there a big change between now and, say, 25 years ago uh, in the uh, numbers of, with fathers and, and their, their impact on a family? Um, so what we've seen in the last, you know, 25 or 30 years is um, a kind of interesting trend, you know, where... Um, from the 1960s to around, you know, 2005, a decline in the number of kids uh, living with their dads. Um, but in recent years, we've seen a slight uptick in the share of kids living with their, uh, their mother and their father. So I think we may have kind of, you know, finally hit bottom when it comes to sort of this issue of fatherlessness in America. And there may be ways in which, you know, today's uh, young adults are kind of recognizing at some level that it's, it's certainly much easier when it comes to raising kids uh, for the adults and much better for the kids uh, today to have uh, their mom and dad on the scene um, in terms of kind of thriving in, <laughs> in, a, in a tumultuous um, and, and competitive um, you know, 21st century world that, that we live in today. Uh, one thing that I've noticed, and I didn't do a study, I don't have the stats to back it up, but I, I'm pretty sure I'm right about this, is that uh, people are getting married a lot later in life now. So uh, when you, if you're getting married at 32 instead of 22, and you you have maturity, you have maybe uh, an income, and you have uh, you're more likely to to keep the family together because you because of all those factors. Does that enter into it? John, what we have seen in in you know our research is that you know young adults who follow what's called the success sequence, you know, getting a high school degree, working full time, and then marrying before having any kids, kind of getting those ducks in a row, if you will, um, are more likely uh, to be kind of together as a family, and they're more likely to be flourishing financially. Only three percent of Americans who follow those three steps end up poor in their 30s, um, you know, and, you know, that's a much lower level than people who are not following that sequence. So it just kind of reminds us that today, you know, getting a decent education, working full-time, and marrying before you have kids, putting a ring on your finger before you have children, um, or putting, you know, marriage before the baby carriage, to use that older language, um, still has a lot of value for, uh, for kids and for uh, adults and families today. How much more likely is a black kid uh, in 2021 to uh, grow up without a father than a white kid, and how much has that changed in the last 20 or 25 years? Yeah, that's a good question. So uh, what I would say is that um, they are about, um, say, well, 25 percentage points you know, more likely um, to grow up without uh, there are two parents, and um, that's changed a lot since the 1960s. You know, it's important for people to recognize and appreciate that, you know, there actually was a point in American history where blacks were more likely to be married than whites, um, mm-hmm. and where a point also in our history where um, the vast majority of black, white, Hispanic, rich, middle-class, poor 
kids grew up in stable married families. Um, but all that changed in the 1960s um, and the 70s, you know, when we had, you know, the family revolutions, the divorce revolutions, um, what was called the me decade, as I'm sure you know, in the 70s, people just kind of abandoned a lot of the older ideas about marriage and family. And, um, you know, unfortunately, our kids ended up paying a price uh, for all of that. What about the study you did at the Institute for Family uh, Studies that um, about the differences you found between white kids with a single parent and black kids with two parents? That's an interesting comparison. Yeah, one of the striking things in this um, in this study, which just kind of, it kind of emerged organically, and was we're just looking at the data here, was that we found um, that black kids in intact two parent families. Uh, do better when it comes to poverty, when it comes to prison, and when it comes to college, um, and compared to white kids uh, from single-parent families. And so, you know, there's just a way in which um, it, it sort of reinforces this idea that two parents, uh, you know, matter for black and white kids. Um, and I think many people are surprised to learn also that, uh, you know, that, that black kids uh, and two-parent families are doing better than white kids. So we find, for instance, that 36% of young black women from intact two-parent families have graduated from college compared to just 28% of young white women from single-parent families. So, again, it tells us that, you know, that family structure matters for all kids and that black kids from intact families are doing better than their white peers from single-parent families. That's, um, I think that's what will come as a surprise to a lot of people. Uh, it, it, it doesn't quite fit the narrative that it's all about race, does it? Well, I mean, as far as a, a black kid's chances uh, versus a white kid's chances is based on a lot more than just the race. There's a lot, a lot of it has to do with being black, so, but it's you know, not... To be clear the, here, uh, John, what we see is that, in a sense, both race and family structure matter for our kids. So mm-hmm. um, having a two-parent family gives kids an advantage, be they black or white. It's one of the privileges, if you will, of having you know your own two parents in your corner. Um, but we also see that within each family grouping, um, white kids tend to do better on things like the risk of poverty, the risk of incarceration, and their rates of college graduation. So, uh, you know, it's also fair to say that race matters, too, in, in kind of shaping kids' opportunities in America today. We're talking to Brad Wilcox. He's a senior fellow at the Institute for Family Studies. He also is a sociology professor at the University of Virginia. Uh, we're talking about fathers here uh, a couple of days before Father's Day. Um, what about the differences, uh, Brad, between boys and girls uh, without fathers and the effect on them? Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, I think what's interesting, too, about this this sort of set of findings is that, um, you know, girls are doing better across the board when it comes to college graduation, and they're less likely to get, um, you know, incarcerated, you know, compared to, um, uh, compared to boys. Um, so there's a gender story there playing out in this data, um, and obviously the, the sort of the group that we're looking at here that's doing the worst when it comes to both schooling and incarceration is young black and white boys, um, young adults as well, males uh, from single and and step families. Um, So it suggests that on these two outcomes, um, young men and boys kind of pay the biggest price, if you will. Um, Although it's interesting to note, I've looked separately at kind of depression. And when it comes to depression, um, the group doing worst is uh, young uh, young women uh, from non-intact families. So for boys, you know, they're more likely to sort of act out, and that has implications for prison and, and school. Um, for girls, they're more likely to turn inward in the face of trauma and, and family instability, and that's manifesting things like anxiety and depression. Yeah, and um, uh, is... What, what I mean, we, you have a lot of numbers there, and, and they back up uh, what you're saying, and I don't think anybody's surprised to hear them, but what is it uh, that, the, uh, of what I mean, some of the things are obvious. I'd just like to hear what, what you think, based on your studies and, and dealing with this. Uh, what is it that a father brings to the family that, uh, when it's missing, causes big problems? I mean, a lot of that stuff's obvious, but just I'd like to get what you think is the, the main thing. Well, I think, 
you know, um, it, you know, it's not rocket science that you know there's going to be a huge difference in poverty. Um, as I said before, three times difference in poverty between single parent kids and intact married families. Um, but I think you know we haven't sort of thought enough about when it comes to sort of education, when it comes to criminal justice, uh, at least in kind of like, you know, mainstream policy venues in the academy and in um, kind of the, the mainstream media, when they talk about these issues, criminal justice, when they talk about education, um, they really don't kind of reflect about the ways in which, um, you know, family intersects with these two important outcomes, education and criminal justice. And here we see you know, really clear evidence that um, there's a family story. So for white men, for instance, only 8% of white men from intact families are, um, you know, ending up incarcerated compared to 18% of white men. So more than double the risk of incarceration for these young white guys um, to have that non-intact family. Um, and then for, you know, white women, just to take them, for example, 53% of young white women from intact families with their dad on scene are graduating from college, but only 28% of young women with uh, single parent families, uh, usually mom, you know, no dad, um, mm -hmm. are graduating. So just there's a huge family story when it comes to American education, when it comes to American criminal justice, and that family story is often, um, you know, ignored or overlooked in our, you know, public policy and media discussions. When we get back to where we started, I guess, why, why do you suppose there seems to be a movement among some, and maybe more so in academia than anywhere else, uh, to um, to talk about to diminish the importance of, of a father in the home. Well, I think you know, in terms of understanding why dads are important, you know, my work has suggested that dads play a key role when it comes to playing with their kids, when it comes to challenging their kids, when it comes to displaying their kids, um, and so. You know, we find, for instance, that both moms and dads, of course, discipline their kids. But the way in which dads do it is more authoritative. It's more rule-focused. It kind of gives kids a distinctive experience of discipline from their fathers that obviously has relevance in, in real-world situations. Um, but they also tend to, you know, um, challenge their kids. So one study, for instance, in France, found that moms um, kind of helping toddlers to learn to swim would look at their, uh, their toddlers eye-to-eye. -eye. Whereas dads in the pool, whereas dads would turn the toddlers around and have them kind of face, you know, into the deep. <laughs> and that's just kind of an expression, an example of how dads are more likely to be kind of pushing their kids out of the nest in constructive and powerful ways. And then when it comes to, you know, just to play, we see that dads are much more likely to engage in, in kind of rough and physical and exciting play with their kids. And that's actually really important for kids. Uh, motor development for their emotional well-being and their social, even popularity. One scholar finds that kids who have more physical play with dads uh, do better socially with their kids, their peers in school. So, you know, this is what we're seeing in the research. Uh, you know, unfortunately, as you know, we don't necessarily get enough of um, this research discussed, acknowledged, talked about in the media today. And, um, you know, there is a kind of reluctance to sort of uh, basically acknowledge the distinctive way that dads parent and its benefit for our kids. Here's the last paragraph from your study, and then I have to go because I'm out of time. Our results then also suggest fraying fabric of American family life where more kids grow up apart from one of their two parents, usually their own father, as an equal opportunity tsunami, posing obstacles uh, to the he healthy development of children from all backgrounds. And it's an important statement to make on Father's Day. Uh, Brad, I appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, so in terms of just we have to, I think, recognize, and I was raised by a single mom, and I think, you know, it's, it's important to note that lots of kids who are raised by single parents or step families turn out just fine, right? But we're also, I think, um, you know, we need to be aware of the sort of larger sociological reality, which is that on average, kids benefit and communities benefit from having more intact married families in the mix. And when those families break down, it means that it's harder for kids, um, it's harder for communities to foster uh, the American dream. And that's, that's one important reason why, you know, we should all be thinking about, um, you know, marriage and fathers uh, on this uh, Father's Day weekend. Brad, I really appreciate it. Thanks for being here. Great to be with you, John. Thanks for having me. Okay, that's Brad Wilcox, Institute for Family Studies. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. National Hurricane Center Senior Hurricane Specialist John Cangelosi says 
His advice is simple for people in the path of the tropical system approaching the Gulf Coast. If you're in a place that doesn't flood terribly, just stay indoors. If Again, if you're in a major flood zone, then maybe go somewhere a little safer. A tropical storm warning in effect for parts of Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, and Florida. At a ceremony at the Alamo, Texas Governor Greg Abbott signing seven gun-related bills into law, including one that lets people carry handguns without getting a background check or training. People are saying from the federal level to the local level that Second Amendment rights are under assault, that government officials are saying, heck yes, government is coming to take your guns. Texas will not let that happen. Tennessee, Utah, and Iowa have passed similar bills this year. The Dow is down 427 points. The Nasdaq off 129. This is SRN News. I have two dogs, Sam and Bailey. Both are golden retrievers. Poor Sam, he was a mess. Always itching. His paws were soaking wet all day from just constant licking. He had bald spots on his back. I just don't like putting shots and steroids into your dog all the time. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is nutrition. Probably two weeks after he started Dynavite, I started seeing great improvements. And today, 99% of his issues are non-existent. It's amazing stuff. Since Bailey has been 12 weeks old, he's been a Dynavite dog. And he has zero issues today. He won't eat his food without Dynavite. When I get out the Dynavite, my dogs actually salivate. Like I'm getting them a treat. They drool over it. Dynavite is the best thing you can do for your dog. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Hugh Hewitt. The Hugh Hewitt Show. I read every story on inflation and people have finally begun to wake up. This has got an air of 1966 to 71 about it, where the Fed just is moving too slow because of the pressure from the White House, Johnson and then Nixon, the destroyer of wealth. The ravager of middle-class income, the, 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 the oppressor of senior citizens on fixed income lurks. The Hugh Hewitt Show, weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9 on AM 1250, The Answer. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Writing an estate plan is one thing. Having the experience to administer the estate is something else. At Abernathy and Hagerman, estate administration isn't a side job. It's what we do. You have the same goals we all do, to protect your assets to minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk. Hagerman Law, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. By now, you've all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's literally changed my life. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape. They're made in the USA, and for a limited time, Mike is offering his premium my pillows for his lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow for $29.98. That's regularly $69.98. That's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. All MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code STAG. You will also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Or call 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG. 800-716-8087, promo code STAG. AM 1250 and FM 92.5, The Answer. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Still seeing massive delays on northbound 79, jam solid from around 60 up toward Grand Avenue. A crash is moved off to the shoulder, but everything's still barely moving all through there. Let's head over to the Parkway West. We're seeing those delays inbound approaching Carnegie to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. About an eight-minute delay. Parkway East looking pretty solid on the inbound side. Forest Hills to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel and 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. 
We'll see a few thunderstorms into this evening. Any thunderstorm can be severe with flooding downpours, damaging winds and hail. Then mostly cloudy skies later tonight. Expect a low of 67. Tomorrow, times of clouds and sun with a couple of heavy thunderstorms, especially late in the day. Storms can bring hail and damaging winds, the high 77. Sunday, Father's Day, partly sunny with an afternoon thunderstorm. We'll see a high Sunday of 84. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, following up on the uh, little discussion we just had with Brad Wilcox about Father's and Father's Day and all that, and since it is Father's Day, I had hoped to get uh, a guest on to talk about this. Uh, her name is Lauren Chen. She writes for EV Magazine, E-V-I-E Magazine. And uh, she wrote a really, I think it's a really good piece, and I wasn't able to get her, but her piece is so good, I wanted to, uh, I still wanted to do this uh, in this segment, because I, w- I just think it's it's really good. Um, but uh, she's talking about the uh, feminization of men. And so uh, if the, and it ties in, I think, with our previous segment, we were talking about fathers and how important they are and um, and how they, in too many cases, they're not around and they're not living up to their responsibilities and that kind of thing. And I've had this thing about the effeminization, the, the, not the effemin, the feminization of the American male for a long time. I think it's been going on. Some of it um, overtly, some of it covertly, some of it intentional, some of it uh, accidental. Uh, and I saw it with my grandkids. And, and some of it is just something as simple as um, that something as simple that as simple that it, it's something that can't be really fixed or nobody can be blamed it's the overwhelmingly feminine makeup of teachers in grade schools the kids are taught mostly by uh, women now and um, so that that's an issue and I've had people on the show here talking about how uh, boys are expected to act, too many teachers expect boys to be like girls and sit still and do the things that just aren't natural for boys uh, and that makes it tougher for them in school and, and all that stuff. I've done uh, many segments on that. But anyway, so I've thought that that's a problem. I, I just think that, I mean, I, I, my, my one grandson telling me that he wasn't allowed to have a football on the playground because somebody might get hurt. And I think back to uh, back in the early, in the mid-20th century when we played kill the man on the in, on on the playground and at recess, um, and now they're afraid that somebody might get hurt if they just bring out a football. So uh, the the piece uh, you can find it at uh, evmagazine.com, but I'll give you the highlights here. I'm actually going to give you a, a lot of it. Um, it's effeminacy, e f f e m i n a n c y, and it is an unwillingness to put aside pleasure in order to pursue what is difficult. And she writes, effeminate men are irresponsible men, like baby daddies who choose the pleasure of not taking responsibility for their actions. For any man reading, any men reading this, if you are effeminate, your wife or girlfriend will never truly respect you. Despite what pleasure she might get out of controlling you, if you're weak and lack conviction, she'll never respect you as a man. But keep in mind, a man who controls his girlfriend or wife is also effeminate. More on that later. So she says men have become soft, and uh, she says that um, uh, hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men, weak men create hard times. And she says one of the big contributing factors is technology, and I think that has to, uh, that, uh, she doesn't go into it in detail here, but that struck a chord with me because too many boys are inside playing video games and pretending to be playing a sport instead of actually, you know, playing and getting roughed up a little bit and rolling around in the dirt and doing the kind of things that uh, boys used to like to do and still do. But uh, she says, technology is awesome for many reasons, so awesome that using it gives us pleasure, especially to men more so than women. Why? Because men are designed to use tools, and tech is the greatest modern tool ever created. Men have to practice temperance in relation to technology, otherwise it will make them soft. Uh, I don't know how many men are, uh, you know, I'm not a young guy anymore, but uh, I don't, just from my own observations, uh, I don't know how many men are practicing temperance 
temperance in relation to technology. Uh, I saw a guy, by the way, walking down the street the other day, a busy uh, two-lane road uh, with lots of traffic on it and about two feet of space on the berm, and he was walking toward me in traffic, looking at his phone as he was walking with cars buzzing by. That's That, that might be showing a little, uh, not showing temperance in relation to technology. She says, 50 years ago, if a guy was 18 and not mature enough to marry in every way, there was thought to be something wrong with him. Just ask anyone still alive from the greatest generation. Maturity comes from suffering and from shouldering responsibility. Today, most guys avoid responsibility like it was herpes. Now that we understand what effeminacy is, she says, let's dive into the four kinds of effeminacy. First of all, on the on the uh, shouldering responsibility, uh, men, and obviously women, are getting married at a much older age these days. Uh, and I think a lot of that comes from not being willing to grow up, not ready to grow up. Uh, getting married is... You know, not depending on your parents, not living with your parents, setting up your own household, having a wife and kids. And uh, some guys just don't want to do that yet. They want to play video games and uh, and hang out on social media and do those kinds of things, and they're not interested in it. And I think there's a lot of that going around. But uh, here are some of the kinds of effeminacy. Uh, sensual effeminacy, attachment to your sensual appetites, food, drink, sex, entertainment, sleep, etc., a guy who sleeps with lots of women is seen by other men as a real macho man in many cultures, except he's not. He's actually the opposite because he can't put aside the pleasure to protect these women from himself. If you're dating a guy, this is for you women, if you're dating a guy who is trying to get you to have sex with him before marriage or is always trying to seduce you, get away from him because he is effeminate. Who would have thought it? Uh he can't control himself in relation to you. If he can't do it before marriage, he likely won't be able to do it after. Part of being a man is being chaste. It's difficult, but any guy who doesn't master chastity is no man. And there's some other questions for you if you have a man. And I, maybe I shouldn't be doing this because it's kind of beating up on men leading into Father's Day. But uh, does he overeat, especially sweets? Does he drink too much? Beer guts don't lie. Does he play Fortnite or other video games for hours on end? Does he watch pornography? Does he habitually sleep in late? Those are things you should watch for, and that describes a lot of men. Sorry. Uh, Emotional effeminacy. Uh, Attachment to giving way to emotions. So a lot of this stuff is sitting home with me. I don't know about you. Giving in to emotions without thinking can destroy masculinity. Strong emotions are pleasurable. Following right reason is hard. Does your guy emote or complain often? I think that means whining. Men get pleasure out of complaining. He needs to man up and change whatever he's complaining about or accept it. Don't uh, dwell on things you can't control, I think is the translation of that. Is he controlling? Then he's effeminate. Why? Because he can't stand on his own. He's trying to impose his will on you because of some insecurity he has. Does he have a bad temper? He might be ripped and muscular and think being emotionally aggressive is manly, but it's actually effeminate because he can't control his temper. The man who can maintain control in the face of hard and upsetting things is a real man. And then there's intellectual effeminacy. Part of masculinity is seeking the truth, arriving at the truth, and resisting, and I'm sorry, and resting in the truth. One expression of intellectual effeminacy is to be continually thinking and never acting. Talking about what you're going to do and not actually doing it, I guess. Because thinking is more pleasurable than the work of acting. Another expression is to tenaciously hold on to a wrong position because of an attachment to the lifestyle that would need to change if the underlying belief changed. That's a good one. Read that one again. Another expression is to tenaciously hold on to a wrong position because of an attachment to the lifestyle that would need to change if the underlying belief changed. Men have to be willing to pursue the truth wherever it leads, regardless of the personal cost to them. This is, I think, this is pretty good stuff. Um, and then there's volitional effeminacy. That's uh, a volitional effeminacy is attachment to choosing things that benefit and give pleasure to yourself over others. And um, so she says, sorry, guys, smoking cigars doesn't automatically make you masculine. 
She's asking here, she's saying, what is true masculinity? The true nature of masculinity is self-sacrifice. It's why men work to support their families. It's why they go to war to protect their country. Masculinity is the ability to put aside pleasure to do what is hard but right. A real man sets aside pleasure to pursue greatness, not just professionally, but specifically in virtue. Virtue is the hallmark of masculinity. With virtue comes self-discipline and self-control. What is the result? The lower faculties, uh, appetites for food, sex, and sensual pleasures are subordinated to the higher faculty of reason. When that happens, a man can make better decisions, have healthier habits, and participate in more fulfilling relationships. And she goes on to say, if you read this piece and disagree with it, you're probably effeminate. I'll be right back. Are you dealing with personal or business tax issues with the IRS? Does the thought of wage garnishments, bank levies, tax penalties, or having to engage with the IRS worry you? Owing taxes to the IRS or state can be stressful, and ignoring them can make your situation worse. At Federal Tax Law Group, we help individuals and businesses reduce debts and negotiate with the IRS Fresh Start Program. Our assistance can save you from drowning in taxes and may even keep you free of prosecution. With over two decades of experience, our tax professionals understand your needs and will customize a tax solution that's in your best interest. Call Federal Tax Law Group at 800-500-9172 for a free consultation to discuss resolving your tax problem. That's 800-500-9172. Again. 800-500-9172 or visit us online at federaltaxlawgroup.com The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one. One easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. I have two dogs. Sam and Bailey, both are golden retrievers. Poor Sam, he was a mess. Always itching, his paws were soaking wet all day from just constant licking. He had bald spots on his back. I just don't like putting shots and steroids into your dog all the time. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is nutrition. Probably two weeks after he started Dynavite, I started seeing great improvements. And today, 99% of his issues are non-existent. It's amazing stuff. Since Bailey has been 12 weeks old, he's been a Dynavite dog. And he has zero issues today. He won't eat his food without Dynavite. When I get out the Dynavite, my dogs actually salivate. Like I'm getting them a treat. They drool over it. Dynavite is the best thing you can do for your dog. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O. This is an urgent warning for any American with an IRA or 401k. Our federal debt is now over $28 trillion and growing faster by the second. What no one is telling you is the Fed is running out of ways to fight this growing burden. Inflation is the only way out. As a result, your retirement portfolio could be in serious trouble. Learn how you can protect your life savings with safe haven assets like physical gold and silver. Call 855-908-0039 now and speak to a professional at GoldCo. Representatives are standing by to give every caller a free Precious Metals IRA guide with steps you can take to secure your financial future with Precious Metals. Call 855-908-0039 now. 
The pros at Gold Co. have helped thousands of satisfied Americans own gold and silver inside their portfolios to protect against the rising threat of inflation. Pick up your phone now and dial 855-908-0039. Representatives are standing by. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, our uh, theme today seems to be men and fathers and... uh Let's kind of stick with that because this guy you're about to hear is both of those things. He's a man, and he's a, a good man, and he stood up like a man. Uh, he's a father because he has kids in school, and um, this is a guy named Ty Smith. I think he, he's, he's from – it's in Illinois. I believe it's Decatur, Illinois. This guy actually – I didn't know this until just a little bit ago, a few minutes ago, and I saw this clip. He actually hosts a radio show out there called Cancel This, and – it kind of annoys me because I had in the back of my mind I wanted to do a someday I do a like a YouTube show or something and and call it cancel this uh, at some time later in life when I don't care about being fired so I, someday I'd like to do something called cancel this and say whatever I want to say whenever I want to say it and then use maybe I'll have to wait a few more years so I can use the excuse that I'm old and senile but this guy is Ty Smith. As I said, he's from Decatur, Illinois. He hosts a radio show out there, but uh, this video has gone viral. Uh, he went. He decided to drop in on his uh, local school board and say this. When you talk about critical race theory, which is pretty much going to be teaching kids how to hate each other, how to dislike each other. That's it's pretty much what it's going to all come down to. You're going to deliberately teach kids? This white kid right here got it better than you because he's white? You're going to personally tell a white kid, oh, the black people are all down and suppressed? How do I have two medical degrees if I'm sitting here oppressed? How do I get, first of all, stand up. You've only got five minutes now. Five minutes. Two medical degrees. No mom, no dad in the house. Worked my way through college. Sat there and hustled my butt off to get through college. You're going to tell me somebody that looked like all y'all white folks kept me from doing that? Are you serious? Not one white person ever came to me and said, well, son, you're never going to be able to get nowhere because you know the black people. But guess what? What's sickening about this whole thing is what y'all doing right now is already something I do in my community right now to speak out against stuff because black folks are getting told by other black folks, oh, you know you ain't going to be able to do nothing out there in the world because them white folks ain't going to let you get no, oh, you know you're not going to be able to do it here because you know, white, the, the white man, the white man going to keep you down. Well, how did I get where I am right now if some white man kept me down? How am I now directing over folks that look just like you guys in this room right now? How? What, what, what kept me down? What oppressed me? I work for myself from off the streets to where I am right now. You going to sit here and tell me this lie of critical race theory? Uh, this is this, this the reason why black folks can't get ahead because of white folks? Are you kidding me? This is what we come to now. I can't believe we're even talking about this right now. The last thing I'm going to say right here is something that's crazy. Martin Luther King said he wanted his kids to grow up in a world where they are judged by the contents of their what? Character. Their character, not their skin. If they let this stuff go on right now, it is absolutely doing the complete reverse of what he's doing. So when February comes, don't talk about Martin Luther King. When February comes, don't talk about black history. Mother dog will sit there and just pee, must pee on his grave with this nonsense. That's exactly what's about to happen. Lastly, we are talking about our kids. We are talking about our children. What's so sickening about me, I love the Discovery Channel. You will see that on the Discovery Channel, animals will put their lives on the line to protect their Children from danger. Nobody want to get to the heart of the matter, get to the meat of the matter, get to the moral of the story. It all comes down to it. The person that's going to be suffering from this, the one that's going to be hurt from this, is the kids. Ten years from now, if this stuff goes on, whose fault is it going to be? Whose fault is it going to be? Who are we going to look back on and blame for this? Because this is stuff we're talking about right now. This stuff is going on right now. I do this stuff on a daily basis. I'm in the hood. I'm in the communities. I'm out there with folks in their face. I've been doing stuff since I was 18 years old, talking to black folks. You know what? None of them are buying this nonsense. None of them are. But if you want to implement this into the school system, I guarantee you to the day that I die, I'm going to be the very person right there debunking stuff, tearing stuff down, letting them know they can do exactly what I did and get exactly where I am by putting themselves to work and getting there. And ain't not one white person ever going to keep any of them from getting there. So the CRT stuff, BS. Hey, I like that guy. He should be, they should just take that video and put it up on a big projection screen and play it at every school board meeting in the United States, like on a given day, and put an end to uh, the whole idea of critical race theory. Um, and uh, that guy's tremendous. He's great. I'm going to see if I can try to get him on the show, actually. He's, he's pretty good. Uh, he does a radio show. He's going to want, he'd be more than happy to do radio with me, wouldn't he? Anyway, uh, another story here. Um, about Joe Biden, 
the Catholic bishops have ad, uh, ad, uh, advanced communion rules that uh, may be a problem for Joe. On Friday, the uh, that's today, the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, the USCCB, overwhelmingly voted to draft a statement on the sacrament of the Eucharist, uh, clarifying whether or not politicians who advance for the killing of unborn babies, the erosion of religious freedom, and the redefinition of marriage and sexuality, like Joe Biden, may properly receive communion. Now, this the, the good thing about this, or the uh, not good, the the not surprising and the sickening thing about it. One of them, the New York Times headline, of course, of the, for this story says. Targeting Biden, Catholic bishops advance controversial communion plan. I don't know who the person is who wrote the headline, uh, but if if the person isn't Catholic, how does that person know that it's controversial? Because it really isn't uh, controversial at all, I don't think. Um, but um, the uh, USCCB just publicized that decision today, uh, and 73% are in favor, 24% opposed uh, the next, uh, the the text of the proposal hasn't been written yet, but it was reported by American Magazine. It claimed it would quote include the theological foundation for the church's discipline concerning the reception of Holy Communion, and a special uh, call for those Catholics who are cultural, political, or parochial leaders to witness the faith. Uh, and of course, this is what the New York Times had to say about that. Anti-abortion advocates already see political opportunity in the bishop's plan. This is one of those Republicans seize upon or pounce on something. The organization Students for Life held rallies in seven cities on Thursday to urge the bishops to vote yes. So far, Republicans are not having much luck demonizing Biden, so they are testing abortion as a potential issue on which to criticize him, as they did with transgender athletes in youth sports and critical race theory, said Mike Mekas a political consultant in Pittsburgh who advises Democratic campaigns. The point is, uh, it might be Mikus, M-I-K-U-S. He actually follows me on Twitter. We've gone back and forth a few times. The point is to mobilize Republicans. It's, it is all a play to the base. It says nothing to do with Republicans. Nothing. Nothing to do with Republicans. Now, Republicans may end up benefiting from it somehow, uh, it says everything to do with the Catholic Church and the Pope and the bishops and the local uh the, the diocese around the country. Uh, sorry, Mike, but this has nothing to do with Republicans, it, it, other than it may uh, benefit them somehow by firing up their base a little bit. This is about the Catholic Church and abortion, about nothing else. And we'll find out soon. I'm thinking maybe I'll get Bishop Zubik on the phone at some point, get him on the air here. And find out uh, how the uh, Bishop of Pittsburgh feels about this and whether if Joe Biden shows up, he should be uh, able to go to receive communion. Seems like a good question. I'll talk to you on Monday. Bye. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.